The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Tonight I answer your sex and relationship questions from now until 11 p.m. So you can text them in at 514-800. You can call them in 514-790-0800. Or you can also uh, send me an email uh, to laurie at drlaurie.com. I want to just follow up with a couple of questions or texts uh, after last night when I started. Uh, there was a question I answered. Uh, somebody was asking about uh, female uh, odor, genital odor, and we were. Ta- I was. What I was saying was, um, I wasn't sure if they were talking about an odor, meaning simply uh, a smell, the, the, not smelly, but a, a, a particular odor, a particular smell versus, um, something that might be, uh, a little more of a, of a more foul smelling, um, which would be very different. So I was taking it as a, a, just a natural odor. So somebody wrote in, when a female is clean and healthy, there is no odor. What odor are you talking about? Which is always there, uh, which is not true that there is no odor. Uh, we're just, we're talking about an, like the odor of skin, for example, there is an odor to people's skin. Uh, some people have a, a different odors, but they're not foul. They're not, uh, um, um, what do I, well, foul is the, the best word I, I think I can find for that. So it's not that there's no odor. Everything has a smell down to our skin. It's whether somebody finds it, uh, offensive or not. And if there is an infection, then there will be a foul odor. And then someone else said, why not mention how men have a nether region odor? Uh, and that too, remember that, the genitals are usually always covered up with underwear, sometimes tight. There's sweat down there. Uh, there's a, it, it's it's a moist area. So naturally, if unless you've just come out of the shower, there will be some kind of odor. Some people uh, may not like it, and others may get turned on by it. So um, very different. All right. I got an email. Actually, this one was through Facebook. Uh, Hey, Dr. Lori, I'm a huge fan of your show, and I was wondering if I could ask a question about condoms. I normally have no issues with them, but sometimes when a guy has a more curved penis, the condom tends to roll down no matter how much I try to roll it down properly. Even if it appears fine, halfway through doing the deed, it has rolled back up again, and this is very concerning. Do you have any advice for what to do in these situations to better protect myself and uh, my partner? So the only thing I can think of is that you need to uh, change the condoms. Like you need to use a, a, maybe a longer condom and condoms do come in different sizes. Um, the company one condom, that's one company that I know that has like, I don't even know how many, I think it's definitely above a dozen different sizes. So they're really like you can size them, your, you know, size them up for, for what you, your needs are. So you may need one that's simply, uh, longer, 
which would make sense if the penis curves uh, to to one side. So that's a possibility uh, right there. The other option might be to use along with the condom, a constriction ring. So a penis ring, which you would put at the base of the penis on top of uh, the ring of the condom, which may hold it in place. But then you'd have to see if the condom fit properly. Is it too tight for the guy? Um, How does it fit? How does it feel. So those are uh, different options. You can also go into a sex shop, which have lots and lots of specialized condoms. So more, more variety than say a pharmacy would have, and then talk to them. They are usually quite knowledgeable about their products. And so you'd be able to, uh, to find different ones. Again, you can send in your questions, 514-800. If you have a question or uh, you want to make a comment to anything that we're talking about tonight, then you're always welcome to. That often helps others. If you've uh, experienced the same thing or you have uh, some advice of your own, then we do welcome that tonight. 514-800 to text in. I'm 27 and five months. I am still a virgin, never kissed. My sex drive appears normal, but I've never managed to find a partner. I'm worried I'm reaching the age soon where things are all downhill and I've missed the best time to enjoy sex. Keep thinking that because people think virgins are pathetic that no woman will ever want me. I guess my question question is, am I a failure as a man or is it too late for me? I would welcome, and I'm sure this person would also welcome other people's input on this, by the way. Um, First of all, I don't think there's a best age or a best time to enjoy sex. Certainly heard from people who have had sex later in life who've had the best sex. Like for them, they, that was great sex. So it's not, there's no best time or age. That's the, the first thing. I think you can have a fulfilling, um, sex life at any age. And there are also women out there who are still virgins at this age who may be in the same position you are. I have to say though, it is true that the majority of men are not virgins at 27, but that doesn't mean that all men are uh, the same. And I really don't believe it's, it's ever too late for anyone, no matter their age, nor do I equate this as being a failure as a man. But the big question I have right now for you is why has it been difficult to find a partner? Have you been actively seeking to date or not? Have you gone to singles events? Have you created an online profile? Have you explored that? Have you explored any apps? Or is it that you have gone on dates, but they just never seem to lead to a second date? So those are two different issues. The second one you may want to look at, that is if, you, if you're not getting second dates, is look at what you may be doing that may be potentially turning off um, a partner. And if that's the case, then I would suggest you work with a dating coach, actually, to pick apart a little bit your interactions to see what it is that maybe you're not picking up on stuff. Maybe you're having some uh, social issues with that. Uh, I would recommend you check out uh, Frank Kermit's work. He did wrote a book called uh, Adult Male Virgins. Uh, he worked with adult male virgins for a very long time. So if you want to go to his website, you can look for that there at uh, franktalks.com. 
Uh, a question on the text board at 514-800. How could a man last longer? So last longer than what It would be my question. How long do you want to last? The majority of men last between uh, two to five minutes of thrusting. So of, uh, of intercourse, that is the vast majority of men. So do you want to last what, how much more than that? Or are you a, truly a premature ejaculator? So that to me is the first question that needs to be answered. And I will share with you some of the uh, treatment options. If you are a premature ejaculator, meaning generally if you ejaculate under one minute or uh, within uh, under 10 thrusts. So coming up, I'll give you some solutions for premature ejaculation. Relationships on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays. I answer your questions tonight. 514-800. So let me get back to this uh, texter who writes, how uh, how could a man last longer? And then I ask questions uh, because I wanted to see, is this a premature ejaculator? So he writes back saying he wants to last 30 minutes. He lasts around 20 minutes, but says, I hear a lot of people have sex for over 30 to 40 minutes. Well, uh, I don't know who you're talking to, uh, but that's not reality. That's not what happens. The other thing I want to just say is that women don't necessarily want you to keep going and going and going like an Energizer bunny because they dry up. Because for the most part, women will orgasm not through intercourse. So 75% of women do not orgasm with intercourse. So no matter how long you last, in fact, it's more, uh, probably gets more painful for a lot of women to go that long. Uh, so when you take, take the entire sex act together, you are much better off spending 30 or 40 minutes on foreplay, although that's a long time. The average, uh, sexual activity is uh, somewhere around between 14 and 20 minutes, something like that. So you would want to spend far more time on foreplay than on intercourse. Ladies, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, write to me, 514-800. So uh, there's nothing I can tell you to do to be able to last uh, for 30 or 40 minutes. You're already lasting longer, much longer than the average at, uh, at 20 minutes. So part of the problem is we are fed all of this stuff. Like the, you hear guys talk like locker room talk. Oh yeah. Banged all night, you know, or, or whatever it was. It doesn't, it's not all night. That's not what happens. You watch porn, same thing. It's all edited. So guys have this notion that they have to last so long, but women don't need you to last that long. They really, really, really don't. Uh, so I hope that that clears it up. Now, however, if you are a premature ejaculator, which would mean that you um, ejaculate very, very quickly, like right after uh, penetration or before penetration, that's a different condition altogether. Uh, that is a, 
uh, sexual dysfunction that uh, we treat. And there are different things to be done for that. The first thing is uh, practicing exercise. There's exercises you can practice. So uh, mostly it's uh, you do it with yourself with through masturbation where you stop and start, stop and start to teach your penis a little bit how to lengthen that time. Uh, but you would have to be very aware of your point of no return and stop before then. And then keep practicing that. And then when you're with a partner, you can do that with penetration. You would uh, thrust for a little bit, then you would stop, and then you would start again and stop again. But you'd have to have a, a partner who is your regular partner who you feel comfortable and safe with uh, and who's patient and will want to practice this with you. There are also numbing agents that you can spray on your penis. There's uh, one company that makes one called Promescent, uh, which is a, a kind of a, a numbing spray that can also make you last uh, last longer. And for those where nothing else works, we know now there are studies that show that there is some kind of um, a neurological, um, and I don't want to say a condition, but it's, it's a, it, the neurological causes to premature ejaculation, making some men simply ultra sensitive. Uh, and those men respond well uh, to medication. So, and the medication I'm talking about are uh, mild doses of antidepressants, not enough to treat depression, but enough to induce the sexual side effect. And the sexual side effect would be to delay ejaculation. And why do we use this? Because they discovered that men who are treated with antidepressants for depression, um, may have or develop the inability sometimes to ejaculate altogether. Uh, and so they did some tests and they, and they checked to see what is the mildest form of this medication that we can give to induce this, um, this, uh, symptom or this side effect. And that's how it was born to you. So we use this, it's called the off-label use of, uh, antidepressants. Uh, let's see another question at five one four eight hundred. As a preteen, I had noticed a lump on my testicle. I was too embarrassed to see a doctor at the time, and a classmate was dying of leukemia at the time. And I simply resigned myself to the same fate, assuming it was testicular cancer. I later found out that testicular cancer was treated by surgically removing the affected testicle, and I began having fantasies about being castrated by Amazonian women, etc. Later, I saw a doctor in my early 20s, since I was still alive, and found out it was just a cyst. I am now in my 40s and left with castration fantasies in order to get off. Have you ever heard of this? And if so, have you ever successfully treated anyone with this fetish as it isn't very conducive to a normal sex life? Uh, wow, that's quite the story. But you you clearly make the connection between your fetish and something that was going on around puberty and arousal. So the, the I can see clearly how the pairing happened at that moment and how you developed that fetish. I have not... Uh, to my recollection right now, I have not, at least not common, have not heard of this, uh, of this fetish, although I'm, you may be able to find communities online where other people have castration fantasies, certainly with, um, 
fetishes of Amazonian women, their domination fantasies. So it would be considered part of BDSM, these kinds of fantasies, because it, it would involve pain. It would involve someone dominating you. Uh, so I would put it in that category. But what happens to your sex life? So uh, when you're with a partner, can you have sex with a partner and not focus on this? Or do you absolutely need this, uh, this fantasy in order to have sex with a partner? That would be the question I would have to, I would ask you. And does this cause you distress? If so, then I would say, yes, you can uh, get treated for your fetish and learn to, um, learn to develop a, a healthier approach to sexuality, getting like getting used to other forms of stimulation as well, or other, uh, things that will, uh, turn you on. But it, a fetish is very hard to get rid of. It's the only thing that we can really do is you can't get rid of a fetish, but you can turn it more into a preference than a must have. So, uh, that would be the question that I would, uh, I would have for you. Um, okay. Let's see. And uh, the, the writer, the pre the, uh, one who wants to last longer writes, wow, thank you. I never knew. So this is why I want to talk about that, that a lot of people just don't know the realities, like what's real sex when a lot of what they're exposed to is uh, just porn or hearing it from other guys, but not proper, uh, sex education. Another text writes, so I last way longer in bed. Yes, sometimes 30 minutes. I force myself to last longer in bed, but then I have trouble ejaculating. We also almost always use foreplay as a tool for her. So my question, I guess, is there a trick to actually come on command? Perhaps a Kegel style technique. It's not a big issue until I can tell my partner starts to feel inadequate, which is not the case. It's almost like you cross a threshold where, uh, the thrusting just could numb you out. So you would want to try and let go much sooner. Um, your, well, you can ask your partner, uh, one little trick is you can ask your partner to slide her hands underneath, um, between like in your perineum area and lift your testicles towards your body. And this, uh, could help actually, uh, get you to ejaculate faster, just a little trick. So, uh, or she can press into the perineum as well, which would be kind of like a, a bit of a, uh, prostate massage kind of thing. So, uh, learn to like, you have to practice the other way letting yourself go. Why do you force yourself to, to last longer in bed? Does your partner absolutely want you to last longer in bed? My guess would be no, since you've spent a lot of time with foreplay and her, um, getting uh, aroused and, and maybe hopefully to the point of, uh, of climax through foreplay. So you actually don't need to do that. I agree with the importance of uh, role play, somebody says, but some men want to get straight to the point with oral or intercourse. Because of this, I add role play to intercourse by asking to be choked, slapped, and held down. I think that stuff excites me more than the intercourse. So you're uh, clearly the, the, the domination, uh, the submission domination part of sex, uh, 
for some people. So again, this is the kinkier uh, sex, more into the BDSM side. The whole role play is the arousal. So for people who are into this, it's all about the role play rather than the actual uh, sexual intercourse. So I totally get that. That makes a, a, a lot of sense. But when, uh, when you have a partner, it's important to share with your partner what it is you do like and what kind of foreplay you like. If it involves role playing, then you say, this is what I enjoy and make sure that they too are okay with it. Because if they're not okay with it, then you're going to have an incompatibility there. Uh, if you take uh, the antidepressant for uh, premature ejaculation, could you get dependent on that? Well, antidepressants are not, it's not like Valium or uh, in that class of drugs that you become addicted to them. You don't become addicted to them. You can get off antidepressants. You just have to wean off. Uh, that's the only difference. You, you shouldn't be just stopping it. But this is a very low dose. So uh, you would, yeah, you would need them as long as this problem uh, persists, frankly. But again, it's, it's not the kind of drug that is what we would call an addictive substance. If it works, great, and it has no major side effects, great. These drugs have been studied for a very long time, and there are no, um, as far as I know, long-term uh, bad, dangerous uh, effects on the body. So, uh, But again, this is something you need to absolutely uh, talk, to your, uh, talk to your doctor about. Uh, coming up, Answering questions about uh, penis size, testicle size, and trouble with ejaculation. So those questions are coming up. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Straight talk that's all-inclusive. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Trouble Tuesdays, I answer your questions tonight uh, from uh, now all the way until 11 p.m. 514-800 to text in your questions. You can also call in anytime, 514-790-0800. Actually, pretty grateful that we now have the, uh, the text. I know a lot of people prefer to text in because of the anonymity of it all. So rest assured, you're always anonymous. Even if you call, you can be anybody you want to be. You don't have to give your real name. And if you email me to laurie at drlaurie.com, I, uh, I don't share your name even if I see the name. So no worries about that. Uh, all right, let me get to this question. Um, hi, Dr. Lori, love your show, LOL. Can you please talk about the testes size in men? I know every guy talks about the penis size. What about the tes testicle size? Does this have anything to do with a man's sexuality? Please explain. So um, a testicle, the average adult testicle measures in centimeters four by three by two. So it's, uh, it's oval shape. Uh, and you measure it in different ways, right? The circumference, height, and uh, and and width. Uh, and so that's a, your average size. If you are an adult and your testicles suddenly grow, 
you need to have this checked out by your doctor because it could be a sign of testicular cancer. Men should, I'm going to take this opportunity to uh, do a little uh, uh, um, public service announcement here, but men should do exams on their testicles monthly, just like females can do breast exams to look and check for lumps. So, and if you feel something, go to the doctor. In terms of uh, last, uh, was it last night? Yes, last night we heard about steroid use in men. We were talking to some athletes about it. Men who use steroids for uh, a period of time, their testicles shrink. When your testicles shrink, you produce actually less testosterone. And that definitely has a direct impact uh, on your uh, on your sexuality, your libido, your erectile function, all of that. And the guys were joking last night saying that when um, men ask for uh, steroids, they want a prescription for Viagra to go along with it because they uh, it's known in the um, industry, I suppose, that it causes erectile dysfunction. But over time, it causes the testicles to shrink. So, uh, and, and that's, uh, that would be a problem. So, uh, so I hope that explains testicle size. That's about as much as I know about testicle size. Uh, 514-800, if you, uh, have a question. Now this question, I've started to have sex with my girlfriend and it's a lot of fun, but I never ejaculate or have an orgasm. I, and I have to finish with my hand. What should I do? And I should also point out that this is affecting my girlfriend's confidence. So I can totally understand, uh, why, uh, your partner may be taking this personally, thinking that, uh, she is not enough, or maybe she's not doing enough, or she, uh, uh, you're not aroused by her enough, whatever it is. But in most cases, it has absolutely nothing to do with the partner. I'll tell you what my hypothesis is just based on the limited information. And just for all of you to know that, uh, when I answer a question, it really is a general answer because I have limited information. You know, when you, when people come to see me in my office, I have an hour to ask a whole battery of questions to determine cause and, and such here. I have mere minutes. So, uh, just take that as a general, uh, question. And if you have any, if you need more clarification, then you should seek the treatment from, um, a therapist. Uh, all right. So what to me, and this is a common enough scenario that I've seen over and over again. So I can, I could give you a, a pretty good guess, but it sounds to me like you may have gotten so used to only one way of climaxing, meaning your own hand masturbation, that intercourse isn't doing it for you. It's just not getting you there. And it really is something I hear from men who have spent a lot of time masturbating, maybe a lot of time alone between, uh, between partners, for example, uh, and they get so used to it uh, that when they, before they, uh, actually end up having sex. So maybe in your case, you sound a bit young. So maybe this is, you've spent years masturbating before you actually end up having a girlfriend and then you're having trouble and have to finish yourself off. So the best advice I have for you is 
to stop masturbating for a while. Actually, just stop. Uh, get used to another form of stimulation. Get used to your partner's hand, mouth, uh, uh, vagina, and don't finish. Just don't finish with your own hand. If need be, you don't finish at all. In time, this will retrain your penis to experience more pleasure from intercourse. So, uh, that would be the best advice I have. You, you really have to, to train yourself differently. It, it becomes like a complete habit forming kind of thing. Um, hi there. I'm 30 year old. Uh, my 30 year old girlfriend has never played with herself. Is this normal? I have finally convinced her to try the shower head two years ago and she loved it. I still can't get her to play with herself with her own hands. Thoughts? So my thoughts on this are that I know guys have a hard time believing this because the majority of guys do masturbate and the vast majority, like over 90%, but not that, uh, that same number of women don't like that. That's just the reality. So, uh, somewhere maybe around 60% or so of women, masturbate regularly and some have never have and some don't feel the need to and some are shy about their own bodies or have not discovered their own bodies simply because it could have been messages they got growing up um some shame around sexuality that that has developed so that unfortunately a lot of women uh have that women's sexuality is only now we're starting to talk more about it. And only in the recent years, women are taking charge of their sexuality. But in the past, women were shamed in some ways for their uh, sexuality. So uh, it's normal. Like I would not say this is abnormal. It's uh, perfectly normal. It's not, uh, it's not unhealthy. It's kind of a, a neutral kind of thing. It's what she what she wants and what she's comfortable with. But I do encourage women to explore their bodies simply to know what they like, to know, um, how to pleasure themselves so that they can then translate that to their partners and let their partners know, uh, what they like. But if she's using her shower head and she finds that this is, uh, this works for her, then, uh, that's, masturbation. She doesn't have to use, uh, her own hands. Uh, some women like, um, more internal stimulation. So sometimes with their own hand, it's difficult, but with a sex toy, it works. So you might encourage her to maybe use a sex toy on herself. If she likes the shower head, I would think maybe a vibrating, uh, sex toy might work for her for clitoral stimulation. So that's something, uh, that's something that you can, uh, can help with her with and maybe go shopping with her and, and see, uh, what's available out there and see if she's open without pushing her and without pressuring her and without making her feel like she's abnormal. Uh, so, uh, that's important as well. Coming up, I'll talk to a, uh, well, talk to, we'll answer a question by a 23-year-old male who is, seems to be very fed up with our digital world when it comes to sexuality. I'll answer uh, his question uh, after this.
Welcome to Listen In. Passion on CJAD 800. You still have a few minutes to get your questions in at 514-800. This text writes, I've been with my wife for 20 years and recently she's been fantasizing about being with other men. We did some research into wife sharing or cuckolding as a way to enhance our intimacy. Cuckolding is is basically um, a form of a little bit of form of humiliation play, uh, where uh, the male partner watches his female partner with another man, but feels in basically the concept is the the feeling of inferiority that the uh, the watcher has, uh, because usually the person that their partner's having sex with is more endowed, better looking, whatever it is, all of those, uh, those things. That's what that fantasy, uh, preference is all about. Uh, on her last birthday, we hired an escort to realize her fantasy and to boost our intimacy. We both enjoyed the experience. However, since then, our love life has ceased to exist. How do we recover from this? Well, that's a big question that I really can't answer unless I know far more what's going on in her mind, in your mind, why this happened. What was it since that experience that is going on uh, that you are no longer having sex? Is anybody uh, afraid of initiating sex? What happens when you do initiate sex? How does your partner respond? So this would require really um, sessions where, uh, for example, if you were coming to see me, I would probably ask to see you separately, to see your wife separately, and then to see you together and find out what exactly is going on in your minds, your hearts, and uh, and try and get you back, uh, back on track. So um, th- it does require more evaluation than I can give you right here, uh, right now. So if you want a referral or you want to come and see me, you can do that. Just uh, email me, laurie at drlaurie.com, and I'll be very happy to, uh, to direct you and uh, give you some, uh, some different options. Okay, I'm uh, this I got in by email. I am a 23-year-old male having watched porn since I was 11. I was curious at that age and since everyone swept the topic of sexuality under the rug, had to find out for myself with the help of the internet what a naked woman looked like and why I wanted to see one with such ardor. I have tried to get into relationships with multiple females over the course of high school and college to no avail. They usually end in me getting incredibly anxious or bored. Either way frustrated. I get frustrated at casual sex for its laissez-faire attitude towards sex, resentful at the incredible ease other people seem to have at it, watching porn to ease the overwhelming fact that the world is becoming even more disconnected than it ever has with our obsession with smartphone screens, social media, etc. The typical approach is to say to find a hobby to distract the sexual thoughts, except that there aren't any hobbies that look interesting, except for possibly something on a screen which doesn't help. What reason is there to continue living in this ever-increasing techno-digital world without disintegrating into compulsive sexual acts if it doesn't look like acting in a chivalrous, selfless way is supported by society any longer? What is there to do if all I see is my parents squabbling with with each other over petty quarrels 
Selfish college students focus entirely on their own success as they venture out into the world and a hopeless line of past experience that has been propped up by seemingly one dependable, reliable, and comforting support. Masturbating with lesbian media. Whew. Wow. This person sounds uh, distressed. You sound distressed. Um, it would help, I think, for you to talk to somebody. I have to say, though, it's certainly not unusual for young people to turn to porn to find out about sex, especially in the absence of good, comprehensive sex education. It sounds like you haven't yet found the right person to have a relationship with, which that's not unusual at the age of 23. A lot of people are in your situation. But I do agree with you that the world and people in general seem far more disconnected than ever. Even though it looks like we are connected, we're falsely connected. All of these um, all the, these sources of, of media and such are actually serve to disconnect us rather than um, connect us, at least face-to-face. So in other ways, it's also never been a better time to offer options to meeting people. Like we have far more available today in terms of making initial connections for dating than we've ever has. So it's a question of finding a like-minded partner. I do think that many people out there still value respect and chivalry and, and kindness And I think it's important for you to stay true to your own values and to seek a partner who shares those values. But you also talk about life in general, and there are many more things to do to occupy your time than to masturbate to porn, frankly. Um, And an attitude, your attitude to life is also important. You talk as if the world is all bad and people are all bad. That's just not true. That's not true of the world in general. It really isn't. Um, So engaging in uh, activities that are meaningful and fit with your values is a good place to start, like maybe volunteering your time with the people who are less fortunate or try taking a, a course or joining a club with people who have similar interests. If you don't know what you like, take time to explore this. Are you more athletic? join a community league. Do you like reading? Start a book club. Uh, Are you more creative? Uh, Take a painting class, a drawing class, something creative. But if you really can't seem to get out of this slump, which to me really does sound like a slump, maybe bordering on depression, I strongly recommend that you speak to um, a therapist. I think this would be uh, very helpful for you. Uh, to get past this and you just seem to see the world rather darkly and it really the way we approach life matters in terms of how happy we are happiness comes from within not from the outside so you've got to do a little bit of soul searching there and maybe shift uh, find another way of approaching the world and an attitude shift here is what's needed. Not an easy thing to do. I know it sounds uh, a lot easier said out loud than doing it, um, but definitely worth a try. And a therapist can help you get to that uh, get to that point. All right, I think I have time for one more question. I've been masturbating every day. This is from a female. Uh, I know 
from the name. I've been masturbating every day since I've got home and I can't seem to stop. I can't do much since I have school, a dog, a brother, and since my parents aren't home much, I have to make dinner. What can I replace with masturbation? Is there an unhealthy amount of masturbation a day? How much can I masturbate? So this is a, a, a good question in terms of frequency and worry that a lot of people have, but Right now, from your just these few sentences, it sounds to me like you lead a very stressful life. You're young and quite stressed out. And oftentimes people masturbate to release that stress because when we uh, orgasm, for example, the hormones that are released are feel-good hormones and they relax us. So masturbation on a daily basis is perfectly normal and perfectly healthy. You only need to worry about this if you are doing it compulsively or if it is interfering with your life or it's causing you some distress. Otherwise, um, masturbating daily is a, is a fine way uh, to relax. Some people do it every night and some people doing it every night and every morning. It's part of their routine. It's part of, of what gets them to sleep at night, what have you. So uh, perfectly within the realm of normal, I would say. You can send me your questions throughout the week. I answer them at the beginning of every show. So send them to me by email, laurie at drlaurie.com. That's L-A-U-R-I-E at D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending this time with me. Thank you for all of your questions. Thanks to Brian Kalisar, our technical producer. You can connect with me on uh, social media at Dr. Lori Betito. My last name is spelled B-E-T-I-T-O. Uh, or you can go straight to my website, drlori.com. And this music in the background, we heard it on Aaron Rand's show today. So really fun. Big shout out to Stephen Boyce, who lets us use his music as our outgoing music. Uh, coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Say love is the answer, so go spread.